This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is Matthew Robertson. I will be your host and your conscience for the next hour or so, just feeding you thoughts about conscience. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm the little voice inside your head. I think people are getting used to me uh, being that that presence <laughs> in their life. Um, today, I'm joined not only by Kate Prusser, who is giggling into the microphone right now. Um, Hello. But we are also joined by Mariners prospect Goon Omasako. How's it going, Goon? Hello, Matthew. Hello, Kate. Being very good. I'm doing well. And it's nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We are thrilled to have you. Goon, can you explain to our listeners um, where you are right now? Where you're recording Um, from? Right now, I'm recording from my living room in Arizona. I'm at the apartment's. Yeah, I'm at the the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> and who do we have to thank for uh, the loan of the computer? Who was kind enough to loan you a computer so you could record so with us tonight? Mike Clemencelli. Yeah, he's the owner of this computer. I'm so thankful for him. He could let me this for tonight and we let us talk. <laughs> very grateful. Uh, so, Goon, let's just jump right in and start off by... Uh, saying that you are speaking to us tonight not in your first language and maybe not even in your second um as you are trilingual you speak portuguese is your native language and spanish and english uh so tell us a little bit about you know how you grew up uh your life back in brazil how you got into baseball and and uh how you learned all these languages yeah, that's true. I can speak Portuguese, Spanish, and English. Well, I grew up in the biggest city in my country. It's called Sao Paulo. It's very downtown. And I learned English and Spanish at school. So I took classes twice a week. So that's how how it starts, you know, this language journey. Um, <laughs> I grew <laughs> I grew up in the city, like the baseball is not very famous in Brazil as it's here or in Venezuela or Dominican Republic, all those Latin countries, you know. Yeah, what's the big sport? What's the big sport in Brazil is soccer, right? It's soccer, yeah. Soccer, volleyball, yeah, those are, and, and like martial, martial arts, those are the, the three of Brazil as I know. And baseball is kind of in the side, you know. And I'm lucky that my dad joined me to this baseball because look at me right now. I could have the opportunity to play professional. <laughs> yeah. So it's very uh, funny because my dad in his childhood, he really never liked baseball because my grandfather is a coach and he was a very strict coach. So my father really never liked baseball. But he introduced me to this sport and I kind of love it. Yeah, I love baseball. <laughs> is your dad athletic? Does your dad have a sport? Mm, not actually. He like go to the gym. He always played soccer and volleyball. I don't know, but like never in prof- professional. Like talking about professional, never. Just like in middle school, high school, you know. So how, um, from being kind of trained by your father to signing a professional contract is a big jump, right? When did you realize that you could kind of play at the next level? Mm, it it started when me and my friend were 13 years old. We were invited to go to this baseball academy uh, from Major League in Brazil, from the MLB. And we started practicing every day, so a little higher level. And the... but. Like the very first time I realized this was when I was playing a tournament and my coach just uh, told me, hey man, there's a scout here and I think he's in love with you. I said, what? <laughs> like baseball, professional baseball scout, really? And when I saw like behind Doggo, he was there, like a big man, like American looking, you know, like taking <laughs> notes. And I said, hey, oh my goodness. <laughs> 
Wow. Um, you're a pretty tall guy, right? How tall are you? Yeah, I'm 6'4". 6'4". So that's uh, pretty tall, right? Comparative to a lot of other people in your country. You must have stood out even at that age. Yeah, it's. I think it's because of my mom's size of the family because all of them, like my mom is blonde with green eyes and my father is the Japanese side, you know? And mm -hmm. all of like my... Like my grandfather, my my uncles, they're all really tall. My mom is like six one. Whoa. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> did did your parents play sports when they were kids or even did any of them play professionally at any point or are you the, the athlete of the family? I am the athlete of the family. They just like played on high school level and this stuff, you know. Uh, that's not true that you were the only athlete because you have two brothers, right? Yeah, two brothers that want to follow this journey. I, I'm in, you know. And their names are? King and Son. K-I-N-N. And S-A-N-N. S-A-N-N. So you have sort of a, sort of a pattern with the family names there. Yeah, they both play baseball and the youngest just won a a championship down there this weekend he went he won the national tournament yeah mm, so they've wow. got some they've got some big shoes to fill and you yeah maybe better than me <laughs> <laughs> um so after you sign what what is the pro what what happens next so the scout sees you the scout likes you did you have a few scouts who were interested, or was it mostly the Mariners? So in the very beginning, it was mostly the Mariners. But I had after... Because the story is like this. Uh, they offered me, and they I did the tryouts on the Dominican Republic in 2017. But I, I said no for them. So that the first time I said no, and then I spent a year just like focusing myself on getting into university and to the studying side. But then more scouts started to come in and I started to to do tryouts. But the only tryout I did was to, in Dominican was to the Mariners. Oh. So, How yeah. old were you in 2017? 2017, I was six, I was, I was 16. But when I did the tryout, was like a week after I, I completed 17. After you turned 17. So you at that time were still kind of like, I don't know about baseball. I don't know if this is for me. Why did you say no? Well, it's because the baseball way for me was a very uh, obscure side. Like I didn't have anyone to base myself in. It was kind of a step in the dark because there wasn't that much of baseball, you know. And I kind of had this way back, like university do go to a job, you know, follow kind of a regular way to 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 go, you know. And it was kind of scary and I had this this something I could picture, you know, like university studying. This is what everybody was doing down there, all my friends and play professional sign a professional ball contract, go to another country that I don't even know, like Dominican Republic was kind of hard for me to decide go or no you know that's really scary uh for a 17 just barely turned 17 year old decision to make matthew can you imagine making that kind of decision when we were 17 oh not at all i mean i no. a i wasn't talented enough to be in that <laughs> position and b i don't think i would have been mentally prepared enough to handle um such a big transition so congratulations to you, Goon, on being much farther ahead of <laughs> us. When, when Kate and I were 17, we were not on the same path as you at all. That Thank is very you. brave. And, well, like, I, I didn't, like, had to decide right after I said no. But after a year of just studying and, like, playing baseball during the weekends, I kind of realized that I missed baseball. Like, I think I don't don't fit that much on the studying part, you know. I really loved mm. baseball. And then I, I said yes after. You know, I said yes. 
I'm glad Why I said Mariners yes. and not one of the other teams that came calling at that time? Well, the Mariners were the only team, was the only team that I could go to the it complexes and do a tryout. So in 2017, I spent a week there. I could practice with the already signed guys. I could practice. There was this time we went to the beach. We practiced there. So it was really fun, really fun. And then they, the coaches, the staff, all the guys, they were really, really friendly to me. I really felt kind of home, you know. So because I, I had this experience with the Mariners and I really had a good time, I signed with, with us. So you basically did what U.S. kids do a lot, which is like a college visit. Like when I picked my college, I went and spent time there and, well, I went to a bunch of different colleges and like visited them to see if, you know, will I be a good fit here? And is this, does this place feel like home? Are these people friendly? Yeah, most of the guys, I really like made friends. I, I was friends with them in the, in a week. So they were really friendly with me. And I like Who were some of your, your best friends after you got signed, other guys that are in the system? I know you already mentioned uh, Michael Limoncelli, who let you borrow his computer, but who were some of your other people that helped you or you know who you liked hanging out with or playing with when you first got signed? Well, my I, I like to say that my best friend is Arturo Guerrero. No, he <laughs> got to know him. <laughs> but all of the guys, Noel V, uh, Miguel Perez... Juan Kirikuto, and talking about American guys, there is the Australian Blake, uh, Damon Stubbs, Mako. Yeah, I got a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. You do. You have a lot of friends who are kind of cross both like the Latin players and the American guys. Blake Townsend is uh, Australian. Mako is from Canada, but originally, like, has lived in Ireland, was born in Slovakia. I mean, it's a, oh, Chang, Jingyu Chang, or, or Danny Chang. I yeah, Danny Chang. So we went to this little trip to Sedona all together with the gringos. So we really, <laughs> really got to know them, and I had really, I had fun. I really had fun. That's what was the great. Weirdest- Wait, I have a question. What was the weirdest thing that the gringos did or the the part of American culture that you thought was the weirdest when you first met them? Well, not I don't want to say like weird, but something that bothers me is that they weren't like that much of friendly in the beginning. Because you know? <laughs> the Latin guys, they just say, yeah, what's up, hello, and you know, and the gringos like, mm, hello. But then when you when you get to know them, they they become really friendly. Huh. A little more yeah. reserved at first. That's yeah, reserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems kind of like the culture of baseball. Like American baseball is a lot more professional. Right. You don't see as much emotion. And then the Latin guys have been the ones who recently have been trying to change that in the major leagues with guys like Acuna and Juan Soto who are very expressive and really play the game with a lot of fun. Sure. And I think this... This letting culture, this feeling of them being friendly and loud, if I can tell this, that made me decide that I want to play baseball, that I want to go to DSL, that I want to sign, you know. So is that how you identify? You identify maybe a little more with that Latin style of play, the big and, you know, maybe a little bit more showy, more fun, more emotional than that kind of more reserved side? Sure, sure. Because after all, uh, I'm Latin, you know. Brazil is there. It's on. It's in America. So yeah, identify with them, you know. Um. So tell us about your time at the at the academy because you mentioned going to the beach. I. It looks like a lot of fun. What's a typical day like for one of our prospects in the DSL? What does your day look like? Well. I like to say that it's 100% baseball because as you were in this complex, you just go to the to the field, you play, you get back. But uh, a regular day would be like you wake up early, you go to the training room, do your stuff, then you go grab your breakfast, you have practice. So you practice, there's way more practice than here in Arizona. So, But the routine there, 
it's good you play the whole morning and noon and then after you have lunch sometimes you have gym sometimes not but you got a lot of time a lot of free time i mean yeah there's a lot of free time that i could fill it up with books and ukulele <laughs> i have noticed that you uh you always have instagrams of yourself visiting barnes and noble there in arizona uh, oh, big yeah. big book reader, big reader. Well, I like to. I kind of want to be updated and like always working my mind, you know, because I don't want to just miss all this free time I have. Just I don't know watching movies and stuff. I like to do something to work on my brain. You know? Wow, we love that. Yes, mm -hmm. we're big big brain people here at Lookout <laughs> Landing. Big brain culture. I have a question for him about more about on the baseball side. Um, Goon, if you were to describe your style of play, maybe to someone who hasn't seen you before, what would you say? Like what? I mean, I know that you play outfield and that you uh, have played one year of basically rookie ball, but I mean, a lot of people still don't know much about you or haven't seen you play. So, I mean, are you, I know you're probably not as fast as class A, but you know, are you a speed guy? Are you a little more of a power guy, a little bit of both? Uh, what position do you like to play the most? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what you do on the field? Well, for sure, I'm not that fast as Jonathan Classy, but uh, I like to say that I... <laughs> no one I, is. <laughs> no one is. I'd like to say that I can hit, you know, like one of my... The good things I do is hitting, and the position I like to play in is the right field. Yeah. Okay. Are there any players in the big leagues that you like watching um, to try to, you know, be like them or take parts of their game and start to implement it into your game? Who are some of your favorites uh, to watch? Mm, some of the, my favorites to watch, I think, is Ronald Acuna. Uh, yeah, me too. Oh, I also really choice. like Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Uh -huh. Ronald Acuna, <laughs> there is... The outfielder from Los Angeles, the lefty, the Dodgers. Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger and Christian Yelich. Oh. Yeah. All very good You're players to watch and emulate. Yeah, I really like lefties, you know. Are you a lefty? No, I'm righty. Uh, but I, I really like lefties, Ty, you know. The lefty swing is very beautiful, objectively very beautiful to watch. Are there any right-handed hitters that you watch to study that you try to model your game on? Henley Hamuris and okay. uh, it's a good choice. Yeah, Henley Ramirez mostly. Um, tell us a little bit about. So you had a good year in the DSL. We were all excited about seeing you stateside, and then you ran into a little bit of an injury problem. Yeah, sadly. What happened? So I was in practice, and when I, I I was in practice catching fly balls, and I dived into a ball, and my shoulder popped out. It was the very first time it happened to me. I didn't know what to do. Oof. Like my arm out of my body, you know. Ugh. Then I put it. I could put it back, and I didn't know what was happening. So I just went back to practice. And we were doing live BPs after catching fly balls. So when it was warming up to do swings to join the live BP, when I did one movement, my shoulder popped out again. And this time, I heard it so bad. Oh. But I put, it, I put it back again. But like, you know, two times in a row, they told me I had to do surgery. Oof. Um, well, the only good part of the surgery was you got to come to Seattle for it, right? Yeah, like, I was really scared of what was going to happen because I was really, really excited to play this year, 2019. I was preparing myself so much. But, well, I'm an athlete, and this is part of our journey. You know, it happens. And I had support of all the staff. Caesar, he helped me. And Craig too, Jorge, so they all kind of 
helped me in mindfulness, you know, Austin too, mm. Austin and I, in my, talking about mindfulness, how to deal with this injury, you know, the rehab. So they really helped me with all the, with the right way to think about everything, you know. Cause so it didn't are, get you too far down. Yeah, no, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm a very chilling guy. Like, I can't, I can't control those stuffs. So if I can't control, no worries, you know. Just worry about what I can't control. I can't control, like, dealing well with this injury, rehabbing well, getting myself stronger, and next year, do my best. You know, this is what I can control. What I can't control is mm -hmm. if I injury or not. Mm -hmm. uh, where are you with the injury now? Right now? Mm -hmm. Are you able to play again? Are you able to? Are you doing getting back into it slowly? Where are you on that on that journey? Mm -hmm. So I'm almost a hundred percent. What I need to get out out of rehab is face life VPs. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now I'm hitting machines. I'm hitting overhead throwing. Uh, I'm. I'm Tomorrow or the next day, I'm joining the swing camp. So to work on my swing, because I was, I I lost a year, you know. So mm -hmm. right now I'm joining the swing camp and almost there. So when we look at, uh, you mentioned that you lost a year. You couldn't play at all in 2019. But 2018, um, in the 31 games that you did play, you had... A lot of success at the plate. I mean, your numbers were pretty good. So I'm curious, um, what did you think was working well for you during 2018? And uh, during this rehab process, what are you trying to, to get back to to make sure that you're feeling the same way you were in 2018? Well, in 2018, what really worked to me was having fun because every single game I was really having fun. Uh, it was kind of hard in the beginning because all of this professional thing, you know, uh, I came from Brazil, really not as much as USA, but not even close to pro. So uh, I liked it. I really liked it. And I could put myself to play. And yeah, I think the consistency, being able to hit, you know, and enjoy. I think this is what I'm looking for the next year to be able to to show my best version for you guys you know? so when you were injured how long um did you have to go without playing any baseball like was there i'm sure there was a time when you couldn't swing a bat or throw at all how long um did that take until you could finally pick a bat up again oh so i've been hitting for two months Two okay. months, two months and a half. So it took three months for me to swing a bat since, the, were you... since the day I injured. So what did you do during those three months? I'm sure there was a lot of rehab and physical therapy, but uh, just, I mean, you mentioned, you know, you had to work your mind also. So was that when you were doing a lot of reading and playing music or how did you keep yourself busy uh, while you couldn't play baseball? Well, not playing music at all because it was without a hand, an arm. You know, like oh, that's true. My left I arm. forgot about that. Yeah, so <laughs> I could I could just read, go to the movies. Um, I would I wasn't able to walk around because I would get burned. You know, because was one ten, one thirteen. While right. I was, I know you're I not thrilled the with the Arizona weather. Yeah. I'm still not doing well with this. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm having, I'm struggling. <laughs> But that's it. If I'm gonna play here next year, um, I have to get used to it, you know. Right. But yeah, I got myself busy because in the beginning I was alone. I wasn't with the friends. The the guys were playing the season, so the schedule was really different. I couldn't have that much of free time with them because when I was free, they were sleeping or practicing, you know. So I was I went to the movies alone, restaurants alone, and reading. I love reading. That does not sound like fun. Well, I'm, I don't have problems in going to places alone. I can talk to myself in my mind, look around. But it is lonely after a while, right? 
Yeah, but then once all the guys came, I could hang out a lot. Did you have any rehab buddies? Anyone who was going through a long rehab like you were, who you got to spend time with? Or were you mostly with, like, the medical staff, the trainers, the PT people? Mostly with the medical staff. I was, most of the time, I was with Pedro, Christian Pedro, the Mm -hmm. other Brazilian one. He he was my my roommate. So I was with him most of the time. Went to Tanger to the mall, so we're with him. Very um, cool. Were there days that were just hard for you? Like you'd wake up and just mentally, me or physically, where you were like, man, I do not want to go through another day of this rehab. I don't want to be doing this right now. Mm, <clears throat> talking about like rehabbing i didn't have those days i was always excited to go because everything is brand new like this big beautiful complex being in usa you know uh i really didn't struggle with this thing but like one thing that really that was really hard to me is family because i really miss them at this time i was alone was there there was i spent one month alone in the apartment alone like really alone and you start thinking about, start missing, you know. But I'm okay right now. There's always a FaceTime, you know. Right. But it's very different from having your little brothers, you know, running around all the time. And Oh, yeah. Because once you're down there with them, you get, <laughs> you get angry with them. But once you're here <laughs> without them, you miss. You miss it. You for miss sure. them. Um, yeah. We did get a question that someone wanted to know what the hardest weirdest biggest cultural difference you had to adjust to when you were in the united states because you're in the dsl for a while and then you get hurt you have to come here and spend all this time you've been in the peoria complex or living in arizona for how long uh, i completed five months this 28th this 28th so mm-hmm. i'm running to the sixth yeah uh, that is half it's a, a year time. spent. Ha- it's half a year plus the time I spent in preseason Dominican Republic. So it's a lot of time. Because I went there in March. Oof. Um, specifically being here on in the U.S., what have you had to adjust to that's been difficult? Mostly the food. I'm, I don't have much problem with food because I eat everything. Uh, I really don't <laughs> don't mind about the taste. I I I like to say that I eat for nutrition, you know. So if I have to gain weight and I have to eat, I eat everything. But in the beginning, that I didn't know much places and I couldn't cook to myself was really hard. Just going to In and Out and Chick Fil A, you know, like all the time. But now I I found good places to go. Places that fit my routine and fit my goals. What are some of those places? Are you cooking for yourself or are you did you just find healthier restaurants that aren't in and out in Chick-fil-A? Well, I cook to myself, so I do groceries and stuff. But every other day I go to this Hawaiian restaurant. It's called Leo's. And it's the food that I want to be eating. It's healthy, it's fast, and it's <laughs> a lot like really a lot for a regular guy that's not like athlete and stuff wouldn't be able to eat it all (laughs) but you can't chicken macaroni vegetables and rice boom with chopsticks that i love you gotta talk to these people about sponsoring you (laughs) yeah maybe you know (laughs) get a deal with them i walk in the street with the with the the shirts of this restaurant and then they give me free food (laughs) Um, so you're nearing the end of your rehab, ideally. You are hopefully getting to the point where you're going to be able to start thinking about next season, thinking about playing. Um, sounds like you're probably going to be ready if you're getting to face live BP, probably going to be ready for spring training. So what are some of your goals for this year? What, what level would you like to play at? What would you like to accomplish on the field? 
So goals for next year, I'm just looking to be healthy, to be the best version of myself and show that I'm capable of playing Pro Bowl and even United States. The next year is, I'm expecting a lot because it will be my first year active on USA. And I want to show them that I'm capable of staying here and going level levels up, you know. Yeah, so I, always when I'm in one level, I want to be in the other one, the next one. That's the desire. So whatever level I start next year, I really want to finish one higher or more, you know. One or more higher. That's a good yeah. good goal. Although not a not something that you can control. You can't control how much how quickly you get moved, right? No, for sure. They they have a plan for me and I just wanna play. I just wanna play. <laughs> whatever level I am in, I'm happy because I'll be playing. You know? Right now I'm not playing and I wanna be playing. So if I'm playing, I'm good. Are there any other players that you've met who have given you advice on how to handle the minors and getting called up and moved to different levels? Mm, pretty much Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, like... Yeah, we've he, heard of him. Yeah, you've heard of him? You know him? Are you sure? Yeah. I've seen one or... The names come up one or two places. Mm-hmm. Well, he... He got got called up like really fast to most of the levels, but it's like he's an inspiration for me. Yeah, like he got advice for me of playing how to how to behave yourself once you're in the United States, and yeah, he's is a guy that I look up to. What do you mean when you said he gave you advice about how to behave yourself? Hmm. Uh, one thing that he did tell me was always being on time because you got to do the little things that, that people can see you uh, as a good, as someone that do the right thing, you know. So always do the right thing and you get it. And don't be in the <laughs> hurry. Don't be in the hurry because not everybody goes like him you know <laughs> no. it's not how it normally works <laughs> no it is definitely yeah. that trajectory is not one that uh anyone should expect and i also do want to be him you know i want to be myself i want to mm-hmm. be myself uh we look up to most of the players we get the best they can give to us but it's always i want to be me i want to have my own way i want to have my journey no, I want to be successful <laughs> in my own way. It's a good goal. Well, I think uh, you're pretty unique in your own way um, with some of the things that you're doing off the field. I mean, are any other yeah. of, the, of the prospects that you hang out with, do any of them play the ukulele or sing, or is that just something that you would do? <laughs> well, see, <laughs> like, I hang out mostly with the Latin guys, you know. Uh-huh. They don't play any instruments that I know but I know this guy Trejo he he's Venezuelan but went to college he plays guitar Caesar Trejo yeah Caesar Trejo he plays guitar and he kind of teach me one day how to play this and I liked it he he's one of one that has uh, that hobby of playing but I can't picture any of the guys that I hang out with Maybe no one else who would get up on stage at the the graduation ceremony in the DR and oh, play "Blowing this... in the Wind." <laughs> Bob Dylan, I like those. <laughs> this experience was like it's, it happened really suddenly because I didn't know how to play, and I and the teacher told me, "Hey, do you want to?" Because I always well, I was also learning how to play on YouTube and the sidewalk. And one day the teacher told me, hey, do you want to perform in this event that's happening, that's coming soon? I said, oh, I don't know how to play, but let's try. And then I had to learn how to play any song in two weeks. And I did. It's very impressive. It's a very adorable video. We'll have to uh, link to in the article. Um, 
How did you choose that song? Yes, um, that's, I want to know how cool. how Bob Dylan entered your life because that's something. I mean, you're you know younger than us, but even people older than us still don't really uh, care about Bob Dylan any much anymore. So I'm wondering how you found that song or how it uh, how you decided that was the one you wanted to play. Well, there's a story behind this, uh, and it starts. And this story I'm gonna tell you. It, it turns in my passion into the classic rocks you know so we we went to school like every single morning we had to go to school and then my father is a very fun guy my dad and one day he brought his like the lyrics for the three of us me and my two brothers and in the way to school he played bob dylan and we were all singing (laughs) so this was the way for school singing bob dylan looking to the lyrics so that was the first time I got in touch with this song, and I loved it because we were having a good time with my family. Oh, that's adorable. Um, did that spark your interest? Because I know you said you've given me a list before of some of the other songs that you like. You want to throw out some of the other classic rock tunes that you enjoy? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, um, I listen to "Carry On" my. Wayward Sun, mm-hmm. uh, Baboon Rising by Credence Clearwater, Sweet Home Alabama, Nurse Skinner, The Chain, Flatwood Mac. I, I love, love it. Love me some yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Doors. I really like The Doors. Pink Floyd too. Yeah. Like Another Brick in the Wall. Whole Lot of Love of Led Zeppelin. I got. I, I am passionate about music. Like if I ever had to chill, if I ever had to think about something, I put music. Music is something that's really in my life. Like I feel that I can't live without music. Um, I I know that you had dreads for a while, which you um, sadly Dreadless. cut off. Yeah. What? What? Why did you decide to do that? And were you maybe like trying to imitate a little bit of Bob Marley style there? Well, I got some. I got a friend that has dreadlocks, but I really like them. I really like the the way of the Afro hair, you know. And my mm-hmm. hair is, as it's Asian, it doesn't do much of stuff, you know. Because if you look into the Afro hair, you can do a lot of things with it. Mm-hmm. I can't. And when I realized that I could do it, was the first thing I, I wanted to do. Dreadlocks. Dreadlocks. And it turns out that I really look good. Yeah, I was getting a lot of compliments. <laughs> Absolutely. And I got sad, really sad when I had to cut it off. Really Why did you sad. have to cut it off, though? Was that the Mariner's Rule? Or? No, it, it, is, it really isn't, but it, it was really hard to take care. Because, you know, Dominican mm-hmm. Republic and the beach, very humid weather. Mm-hmm. And then as my hair, it's not meant to do dreads, it was undoing all the time. So I had mm-hmm. to be... Do- doing it and it kind of hurts because i have to do it very hard for them to stay in my head so and we started to get messy and you know so i had to cut it off but hopefully one day in the highest level i get them back you know i think you know seattle is not very humid so i think you would be fine here with yeah you could definitely rock some dreads if you wanted to Hopefully, uh, when can... you go to Modesto, Modesto will be very dry. You can, it, mm-hmm. it'll work there in California. Now, I don't know about West Virginia. I think West Virginia is pretty humid, unfortunately. Well, the only thing I need to have, like, to keep them, it's someone that keeps doing them every week. No, I just need this. <laughs> you just need a personal hairstylist. Yeah, a personal hairstylist, and this is I can live to like later. You know. <laughs> right now I have sure. to worry about baseball and doing my job and then I can worry about baseball and hair, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's a good strategy, I think. Baseball first and then you can focus on your <laughs> swag and becoming mm-hmm. uh a little more vibrant off the field. But we are definitely in favor of any hairstyles you want to try. Absolutely. We are one hundred percent here for it. Um Goon, <laughs> what is one thing about you that you wish that the fans of Seattle knew what what would you like what would you like the fans of Seattle to know about you 
Well, I wanted them to know that I exist first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we and all? And then, yeah. And then just follow me because I'm expecting a lot of next year. And keep tuned. Just, just this, yeah. And stay, I want them to tuned. know. Uh, yeah, just stay tuned. <laughs> I want them to know that I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling, you know? Uh, you came to Seattle to have your shoulder surgery done. What was your impression of the city? I mean, I know that you were here for a couple of days. You got out to see a few things. What What do you think about it? What do you think about our city? Well, it was really good that I got to go to Seattle. It was a really good experience. And it kind of create a desire, like, way more than I had to get to the big leagues, to play, to mm -hmm. practice, to live in Seattle, because it's a lovely place. I loved it. Uh, I really loved it. That's the goal. That's the type of city uh, I like to live in. What did you love about it? I, Well, it's a really beautiful city. And what I loved about this was The beautifulness, you know, the beautifulness. I think people there are very friendly because they got to know know some people, and the fact that they have bikes when you mm -hmm. where you can sneak around. I could see the <laughs> view. You know, there was this square that I went to the the farms market. Went there in the first Starbucks. Really good experience. You saw the water, right? The water, the mountains. It is pretty in the summer here. Mm -hmm. Not too hot, not too cool. Yeah, and this was the very first time that I could see and watch a professional like MLB game. I've never oh, been yeah. like was the first time I've been to a MLB park. It was amazing because there's nothing anything compared to that in Brazil. It's something that I, there's anything compared that I've ever seen. And what really stuck out to you about being there? What 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 maybe surprised you the most about visiting the big league ballpark? It's huge. It's <laughs> huge, you know. It hit me so hard, like, oh my gosh, look at this. It's really like something it's extraordinary. The infrastructure the, everything for us, the players, we're in the center of all the attention, you know. And I want to be there one day. Well, we hope you get here, too. It's also a great music city. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, oh, yeah. Nirvana, Slater, Kenny, they're all from Seattle. So, you know, you could, also, you could be a baseball player first, but then also, you know, join that list of great musicians who have lived in <laughs> Seattle. Like, I can join them? Like, great musicians? <laughs> I'm not a great musician. I think, uh, I'm just friendly and know how to perform in the like, spotlight, but like just this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can, uh, you know, you can attend a lot of music concerts. There we go. Yeah, I like concerts. I really love like live music. Like one of the the things that I enjoy doing in my free time in Brazil, it's going to restaurants and listening to live music. Because down there, there's a lot of restaurants with live music, and I love it. Oh, yeah, very, like, beach culture, right? Lots of restaurants on the beach with people playing music. Yeah, I actually live too far from the beach. I live in this, like, very downtown, ah. but I love the beach. It matches with the dreads. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does match with the dreads. Um, Goon, we got some questions from Twitter. Um, people wanted to know a little bit about your uh, your music taste. So one of the questions was, are you more of a Beatles or a Rolling Stones type of guy? I'm more a Rolling Stones type of guy. Yeah. They're, they're all both huge bands. But like, talking about songs that I like and I listen often, I would say Rolling Stones. You have a favorite Rolling Stones song? Favorite Rolling Stones song. Wow. Let me try to to see because there's some some big fight here, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough choice. I'm partial to Wild Horse. I'm also a Rolling Stones over Beatles person. Uh -huh. 
Uh, yeah, I'm partial say... to wild horses. Wild horses? I would say Satisfaction. Yeah. Satisfaction is a very good song. That is a good song. There's some solid choices. Uh, we also got a choice. We also got a question about like, what are your top five bands or artists or songs maybe that you're listening to right now? Like, when you are walking around in the Arizona heat and being unhappy about it, what are you listening to on your phone to kind of transport you somewhere else? Well, I'm very eclectic. So sometimes I'm listening to this type of music, sometimes I'm not. But like right now at this moment, I'm listening to a lot of Foo Fighters, Nickelback, Blink 182. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh, we're on a early <laughs> early 2000s rock kick right now, maybe. Yeah, like oh, I had all this timeline, you know. Right now I'm a little. I'm a little nowadays, you know. <laughs> okay. Green yeah. Day. You know, Green Day is a lot of I like it too. I, I feel it's important to mention that when you're listing these artists, you were like a little tiny baby when all these songs were coming out. These are these are classic classic. Exactly. Rock songs and to this you. this is what pisses me off because I can't go to any concert. I can't go to any live concert of those legends, you know. I wish I could. I really wish I could. I think Green Day isn't Green Day on tour right now. Yeah, Goon, uh, Green we Day, um, Weezer, and Fallout Boy <laughs> are all about to go on tour together. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten into Fallout Boy or Weezer, but it's all pretty similar style of music. So you want to check <laughs> yeah, there's a out. lot. There's a lot ahead of you if you are just entering into the Fallout Boy era. <laughs> I can't wait for you to discover pop punk. That's gonna be really fun. Pop punk. Pop punk, mm. yeah. We'll 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 send you some songs, Goon. Okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> I uh, if I could offer some suggestions, maybe or some recommendations. Uh, I think based off what you've told me, we have a little bit of a similar music taste. <laughs> but I'm curious, Goon, do you know about Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van Fleet. Well, Not they're modern, right so. Now. Yeah, yeah they're, so they're, they're making music right now. So you could go see them right now if you like them. But the reason I brought them up is because they have been kind of criticized for this, but they sound almost exactly like Led Zeppelin. So people have been saying that they're not original. But if you like Led Zeppelin, I think you might like Greta Van Fleet. So something to consider if you want to branch out into something a little more modern. <laughs> Although there's sure, also so sure. much room to go back. There's no shame in just listening to music right. from the 60s. <laughs> yeah, there's no shame at all. <laughs> but, but like one of the music's I'm like the like nowadays bands that I'm looking to that kind of match is like MT Joy. I don't know if you guys know. Like MT Joy is one of they're they're having a concert this Saturday. Oh yeah. Hmm. Mount Joy. I know yeah, I know Mount yeah, Joy. Yeah, Mount Joy. Yeah, Mount Joy. Oh Very cool. Well yeah, really you should cool. definitely uh I know that you've you've just gotten your driving license, right? Yeah, so, I'm happy. <laughs> so theoretically, you could uh, you could take yourself to that concert. There's uh, just one thing: no car. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to. You've got the license. You just have to find the friend with the car, and you'll be yeah. you'll be set to go. Uh, are you car. nervous driving around in air? I mean, it, you're driving in a foreign country. I don't know that mm -hmm. I can drive in Brazil. I would be scared. And I've been driving for longer than you've been alive, probably. So, are you at all nervous when you when you took the test or going out on the roads? Well, I failed the first time, but I <laughs> <laughs> but I passed no by the way. In, yeah, but I passed by the way in the second. Uh, I'm not scared at all because I I learned how to drive in mechanic lift stick stick lift. You know, oh stick yeah, shift, the stick yeah. shift. Yeah, and once I came here, it was just automatic so it's easier and <laughs> i i'm really confident and i think that's a issue that's a problem because i'm confident like too confident you know too confident. I, I, I shouldn't be <laughs> uh well going this has been a lot of fun uh i'm really excited to see what this year brings for you you're gonna be ready for spring training right Yes, yes, I'm going to. Okay, so if anything comes up, <laughs> if anyone wants to see you play, they they can go to the backfields this year at spring training. 
Maybe you'll get into a couple games as like a minor league replacement, who knows, but they want to see you regularly. They can head to the backfields, watch you out there, finally getting to play after a while. Yeah, come see me. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they can come up and say hello to you, right? You'll stick out. You are yeah, You are free, very feel, obvious. Feel free to, to say hello. I, I don't bite, you know. <laughs> you guys can, can talk to me. <laughs> um, Goon, well, if people want to follow you on social media, you have Twitter and yes. Instagram, right? What yeah. is the best place to follow you? Uh, I'm, I'm more on, on Instagram because uh, Twitter is an American thing, I think. <laughs> but I'm yeah, you don't want to get in on Twitter either. Twitter is <laughs> uh, <yeah. place. laughs> Trust us. Uh, you can us. always go to, go to my Instagram and follow me there. It's G-U-N-N underline O-M-O-S-A-K-O, my name. And there I'll be. Okay. And uh, they can find you on Twitter as well, but that's not your not your preferred but you yeah. can just type in Goon Omasako. You are the only one out there. Yeah, I will show that with a dreadlock picture right <laughs> in your face. Yes, yeah, so if you want to see Goon in his dreadlocks, you can check out either the Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Goon, for doing this. We really appreciate it. Um, we wish you nothing but the best as you uh, fully recover from the injury and get back to playing baseball. Um, we're looking forward to following you uh, this year and beyond as you uh, hopefully progress towards another trip to Seattle. We will all be waiting for you with open arms when that day comes. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Goon. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, it was really fun to to talk to you guys. And yeah, let's see what comes next. We will be watching. Yeah. And Goon, I must say, you are a natural podcaster. You have a future in whatever you want to do. (laughs) Very fantastic. I can do blogs on YouTube. Like, hello, guys. Yes. You could could host a radio show is what you could do and play all your favorite tunes for everyone. I actually was thinking about this. Like, (laughs) uh, the Brazilian guy in the USA, you know, what the fuck? No. Oh, I would would watch that YouTube show. Just like, you know, do that. Give a few of your songs that you're listening to for the week. Absolutely. Yeah, but like, I prefer to, to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, we, we are certainly happy that you play baseball for our team. And uh, we're very grateful for you for coming on and spending some time with us. This has been the Lookout Landing Podcast. I'm Kate Pruser for Matthew Roberson and Goon Omasako. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Delícia, assim você me mata. Ai, se eu te pego, ai, ai, se eu te pego, hein? Um sábado na 